Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven Into People. I'm Dave, and we are on day 29 of a 40-day journey where we are learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom so that heaven may get into people and into our churches and into our communities. And within our journey, we're spending a few days exploring reliable patterns of spiritual transformation. And my hope is that by the end of this 40-day series, you will have a better understanding of how you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can actually become and live more and more like Jesus. Beyond that, toward the end of this series, my hope is that you actually begin formulating a plan to create the conditions for this kind of transformation to be possible. But before uh, we look at today's reliable pattern for spiritual growth, let me share a few texts from Scripture with you, which emphasize how God is calling each and every one of us to live and become more and more like Jesus. First is Romans chapter 8. 28 to verse 29. Paul says, We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. Now, for a lot of us who have debated free will or predestination, we can get hung up on those words. And I think words like predestined and foreknew are big words that really describe a lot of God's work in our lives that goes beyond what we can humanly or possibly comprehend. But what I don't want you to miss in that passage is what is God's purpose for us, his intention for us. It is to be conformed to the image of of his son. Paul emphasizes this point again in Galatians chapter 4:19. That's been called maybe the Magna Carta for Christian spiritual formation. My little children, for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Paul says that this ministry of discipleship is painful, and he is enduring through it, pressing on for the purpose of Christ being formed in you. And then in Colossians 1, 28 through 29, this in many ways is like Paul's mission statement. That's a text I love as I had it read at my ordination service many years ago. It is Jesus whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. For this I toil and struggle with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. What is driving Paul? 
It's that everyone may be mature, fully mature and complete in Christ. So how might we be conformed to this image of Christ? Or how might Christ be formed in us? How could we become more fully mature in Christ? This is what getting heaven in the people is all about. Perhaps the best description of how spiritual growth can reliably happen comes from Dallas Willard's book, Renovation of the Heart, which we have been quoting from and drawing from all throughout this podcast. In chapter 5, which is entitled Spiritual Change, Willard lays out the necessary conditions for growth to occur before outlining this pattern of change. He writes, Spiritual formation in Christ is the process by which one moves and is moved from self-worship to Christ-centered self-denial as a general condition of life in God's present and eternal kingdom. So the first move toward getting heaven into people, getting heaven into us, is a profound shift from self-worship to Christ-centered self-denial. Because self-denial counterintuitively paves the way toward greater spiritual freedom. Self-denial is fundamentally what humility is all about. And we talked about that before in this series. It's death to self, not death of self. But as we shift from self-worship to Christ-centered self-denial, we create almost the good conditions, what the good soil is like for spiritual growth to begin to occur in and through us and for us to be the kind of people God might use to bring this vision of spiritual transformation to a world that is desperate for it, even if it doesn't realize it. Now, within this context, Willard shares a framework of spiritual change that he refers to as VIM, an acronym V-I-M, standing for Vision, Intention, Means. VIM, Willard writes, is a derivative of the Latin term vis, meaning direction, strength, force, vigor, power, energy, or virtue. If we are to be spiritually formed in Christ, we must have and must implement the appropriate vision, intention, and means. So what are these? First, vision is a preferred picture of what life could and should be. Throughout this podcast, I've been attempting to help you capture what the Christian life could and should be here and now, not just after we die, but how an eternal kind of life is available and possible for us as we live life with God more and more each and every day. In the episode entitled, The Goal of the Christian Spiritual Life, we learned how union with God is possible in an increasing measure here and now. That is the vision of what we are to pursue Now, if we don't have a true preferred vision for life, in contrast to how we're currently living and operating, we're not going to change. My wife, who I was so thrilled was able to study under Dallas with me, she's a therapist, and she will tell you that she leans heavily on this VIM factor in working with her clients. And key to this is asking key questions to her clients to help them reimagine a vision for life that goes beyond their current circumstances. And without a renewed vision, change rarely, rarely occurs. 
So much of what Jesus does in his teaching is to help us get a vision for the availability and the possibility of life in his kingdom here and now. We need that for change in our lives. What vision might God have for you? Next is intention. We have to really want this vision to be enacted in our lives. But we don't just have to really want it. We need to come to a place where we make a firm decision, a resolute choice to state that we are pursuing this vision purposefully and not just when we feel like it. That word intention and living intentionally gets overused here these days, but we do need to make the kind of choice that we tell others about to say, this is what I am going to pursue. And finally, are the means. Vision, intention, means. The means are the things that we do to create room and space for the Holy Spirit to help a vision of Christian spiritual formation into Christ's likeness become possible. These things are traditionally referred to as the spiritual disciplines. Disciplines include things like we engage in practices of engagement like prayer, study, fellowship, and service. And it also includes disciplines of abstinence, where we stop doing things that we would normally depend on. So disciplines like solitude, where we move away from the company of others, or silence when we abstain from talking, or the noise that constantly fills our lives, or fasting, or secrecy, are fundamental things we do to open up our lives for spiritual change. And in the couple of episodes, we'll start exploring how we might arrange these means into what has been historically called a rule of life. And we'll do a whole episode here on how these spiritual disciplines work. But for today's purposes, I just want to try and help you grasp this framework of them, vision, intention, and means as best as I can. So let me do that by sharing a little story from my own life. Back in 2013, my wife and I were so privileged to get to attend Dallas Willard's final conference, public event, uh, called the Knowing Christ Conference in Santa Barbara, California. And it was a holy ground that we were walking on. At first, to see Dallas as he was in his final months of his life, suffering from the effects of cancer, his big, warm, grandfatherly voice, sounded frail and weak. It was as if Dallas had to muster all the strength he could to share what he had hoped in kind of his final public addresses for people involved in this spiritual formation moment and movement to, to really hear and learn. It was absolutely profound. And after the end of these three days, the hundreds of us that were crammed into this little hotel conference room we're just in tears i can remember my wife and i just standing in the back of the room just not wanting to leave not wanting this to be over it was so sacred and at that moment i think we both had this very clear picture one that i can almost feel in describing it to you that what i am called to do for the rest of my life is to help enact this vision that Dallas just laid out for us over the prior three days. I don't need to have any original thoughts of my own or make some original contributions. It's about getting this lived. 
because this is so profoundly transformative. It's what our church needs desperately. That was a vision that I've received over nine years ago. It's never left me. Now, and sometimes when we get a vision, we want to put it into action as quickly as we can. But God, as I've tried to discern his spirit's leading, has caused me to kind of wait on that. We made an intention. This is what we're going to do. This is what I am going to do. And then we started to explore what are the means. Well, it's going to take a lot of time. I need to read and reread and study and study to understand this vision of life in the kingdom that Dallas wrote about so beautifully and densely, I should say, in his books. I started just devouring his articles, watching everything I could from Dallas, meeting a lot of Dallas's friends uh, to, to learn under them. That's why I enrolled in this doctor of ministry program that I'm close to, to wrapping up, hopefully within about a year here in 2023. And now I would say this podcast is an overflow of a vision from nine years ago, means of enacting my intentions from the vision that God has given us. It's what we're trying to do here at Crossway Christian Church, to be a center for genuine spiritual transformation, not just trying to get people into heaven, but getting uh, heaven in the people. It's, It's what I believe God has called me to do. And it's taken time, and the journey is only beginning, but it's been so formational in my life. And that's how Vim works. What's the vision that God would have for you? Are you willing to make that decision to say, I am going to act upon this intention? And we'll be talking about what are the means to help a vision of being formed in the Christ-likeness, become a reality more and more in ever-increasing measure in your life here and now. So may you see God's vision for you, life with Him, union with Him. May you intend to experience that vision in your life. And may you employ all the means at your disposal through the power of the Holy Spirit until Christ is formed in you. I'll see you next time.